Hello everybody, it's Johnny with Sin City Hustlers coming at you with another episode of Let's Talk eBay. Happy Tuesday, hope everybody's having a good week, hope everybody had a good weekend, hope your sales were up, sales were good. Uh, today, of course, we're going to go over my weekend sales, uh, sales were up, I uh, had a lot of sales over the Labor Day weekend. Also, we're going to have a reseller on to interview, we're going to talk about her journey as a reseller. And also, we're going to go over some eBay news, and we're going to go over a weird listing of the week. So stay tuned for that. Coming up. Hello? Hello, Robin. Yeah, this is me. Hi, it's Johnny. Hi, Johnny. How are you doing this morning? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> um, I know when you, when you were, uh, and I DM'd you, you said you were in your garage? Yeah, yeah, I was, uh, I'm I'm doing mission organization, so I'm like, I'm purging and like reorganizing, so. Okay, cool. Um, Yeah, it's a chore. (laughs) (laughs) I'm uh, I'm looking at your uh, eBay store, and um, how many active listings do you have right now? Oh, you know, that's a good question. So since I'm in front of my computer, let me look for you. (laughs) Um, let's see. I think it's like, oh, it's 801. 801 801 listings? Yeah, that might be a lucky number. No, I don't know. know. Um, how much inventory do you have, actually? Oh, um, well, since you really don't know me that well, um, I actually have a storage unit, um, that's right now in Sacramento. That's what we're trying to get rid of. So I have literally a 10 by 10 full of inventory and a garage that is also full of inventory. Now, don't uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Katie and Vicky were helping you with that inventory. Uh, no, no. I mean, I, I contact Vicky all the time just to see yeah. if like, is this worth it or not? But no, they're not physically helping me with that inventory. Oh, okay. Um, but I did jump on the bandwagon with the organization part of it. You know, the I'm taking video and showing like what I'm doing and then hopefully I can show like an end process. So, okay. And, uh, just you doing it through your Instagram or do you have a YouTube channel? I do actually have a YouTube channel. I haven't started that. That'll actually start, um, at the beginning of next year. Um, it's just too much right now. So I really just more, um, more or less stay on Instagram. I love Instagram. I love that community. Um, yeah, me too. <laughs> so, yeah. So I do a lot of that and, uh, Insta stories. Cause I, I like the Insta stories just because it's, it's not in your face all day and it changes. So right. it's kind of nice to see different things that the sellers resellers are doing and, and life in general kind of thing. Yeah. Sometimes I'll just go through, through uh, reseller stories and not just flip through the, the feed itself. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, I'll do stories too. I mean, they only, they're only up there for 24 hours and it automatically comes down. So what's that, which I like, you know, you don't have to go through all your stories and delete everything. It just stays right. up for 24 hours and then it gets deleted. Exactly. That's what, that's what I love about it. So do you have any other social media that you're on or is it just Instagram? No, no, I'm, 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 I have the usual, like I have Facebook, I have Twitter. Um, 
those platforms I'm not as big on um, just because I, Instagram is just so easy for me, right? And I'm a really, I'm, I'm a big time visual girl. Yeah. So I really love like all the color. I don't know. I just love Instagram. So Facebook, I know what you mean. I'm a big you know, Instagram fan. <laughs> yeah. So I do have a business page, Green Eyed Raven on Facebook. I do have my personal page. Uh, it's Robin Yed, not cost. I know that's a mouthful, but, um, and that's the same with my Instagram too. It's Robin Yednock Haas, H A A S. Um, and then my Twitter is, I think it's under Robin Yednock cause that's the original. So I've just kept it really simple. Um, it just seems to me that a lot of people have AKA, and you really don't know their name. So I just thought, well, right. everybody knows me as Green-Eyed Raven. And that's <laughs> fine. But I really like to have people know my name instead of like, hey, you. No, I'm kidding. But it's, <laughs> you know, I don't know. My my personal one just kind of grew. So I yeah. I just think it's too hard now to switch over. So I just, I mean, I'm I'm cool with my name being out there. You know, Robin did not cause. So. Oh, yeah. yeah I was, I've been trying to get uh, Katie Zilberberg to like do an AKA, like, you know. <laughs> Katie Zilberberg, you know, but yeah, that's how everybody knows her now. So, for her to change it, I think people would just be lost. Yeah, I don't, I don't think she can. And I, to be honest with you, I think they are looking at, you know, trying to come up with a name for the YouTube since it's not just her anymore. Yeah, it's her and Vicky. Yeah. yeah so I'm sure they'll come up with something good, but I'm sure she'll keep keep her Instagram just, you know, like I've kept mine. <laughs> now you were, uh, I was looking at your Instagram, which is. Yeah. Which was awesome, by the way. Uh, Thanks. You were a. I, I don't want to beat a dead horse here because I've been asking everybody about eBay Open, but you oh, were yeah. there, right? Oh yeah, I I have not missed one yet. So when they first uh, changed it from eBay Live, which I didn't attend any of those, I never attended eBay Radio or eBay Live. Um, so how that whole journey started, I actually went to eBay Twenty. I was a brand new on the platform reseller, had no clue what I was doing. And so they had this huge celebration in San Jose and it just was amazeballs and it just kind of set my path. So then when they announced that they were doing eBay open, of course I jumped on that bandwagon because I was like, Oh my gosh, they throw the best parties. They have the best information. And for me, it's the networking. On that note, I have to say, this year's eBay Open was amazing because they brought in, um, it was so many different people. I mean, from so many different walks of life. We had the millennials, we had million dollar sellers, we had YouTubers, we had Instagram. I mean, it was, they did such a good job at hitting across the platform to show the diversity of eBay. I mean, that's what they were missing at the other opens. They, yeah. It was always the same speakers. It was always the same thing. And it just was like, you know, I just, I got to find some people I can relate with. So this open was truly amazeball. So yeah, if you haven't gone, I'm telling you, I suggest everybody, you know, all your, your uh, listeners to go when they open it up again. Because yeah, I almost got tickets, the pre-sale tickets, but my I don't have a lot of capital yet, and I was just like, ah, should I go to eBay Open, or should I just use it to you know reinvest in my business? But uh, I'm definitely gonna 
go next year because I was looking at everybody's Instagram feeds and I'm like, oh man, yeah, it looks like so much fun. <laughs> it really is. I mean, like the, the best advice I can tell your listeners is if you're brand new to the platform, certainly try to go to all the classes. Now, mind you, this might change because they did do a survey at the end of the open. So I'm hoping that they'll listen to some of us season sellers. But if you're brand new to the platform, the classes are amazing. Like they really do get down to the nitty gritty for more immediate advanced sellers. So obviously anybody who is doing, you know, over 30,000, you know, up, I, I find that some of the classes are a little uh, tedious. Like they're a little, you know, like, okay, I already know how to do this, but what I really need to know is more about counting or things like that. What I loved this year was the pop-ups that they had. So what they had was they had this huge hall and they, they made it a really open platform. And then they had these like instant pop-ups. So they would have like Google there, or they would have some of our reseller community speaking about their journey. I mean, it was amazing. Like, so those for me were probably the most beneficial just because it was a more intimate setting and you were able to feel like you could connect with that person or that speaker and really get to the nitty gritty. And they were very open, very transparent. Um, yeah, I just walked away from the pop-ups with a lot more information and a lot more motivation. So That's awesome. I, like I said, I was looking at the Instagram feeds of eBay Open from, you know, from you and, and Katie and, you know, all the other resellers I follow. And I was like, man, it yeah. looks so much fun. And the thing is, when I ask people about eBay uh, Open on my podcast, they're like, the, the, what they want to get out of it was the networking aspect of it. They yes. wanted to meet other resellers. They wanted to get to know other people who, who had the same passion as they do. And yeah. that was the reason, you know, the main reason why they went. Right. And I totally agree with that. Uh, I'm just like you and your listeners. I'm sure that is probably the biggest component to eBay open because I've got to tell you, Johnny, like I met, I mean, like, you see them on Instagram and you, and you, they become like your Insta family and you're just like connected that way. But yeah. when you actually are standing in front of them. Oh my gosh. I had so many fangirl moments. Like I literally <laughs> was fangirling and I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, I'm standing right in front of Wade. Holy cow. <laughs> and then rally roots. I mean, yeah. oh my gosh, it was just, and then, you know, I, I actually have met a lot of them in San Jose when they come to the mothership and a lot of them live in the Bay Area. So like Chris Lynn and there's, oh my gosh, there's so many. Um, there's Monica, the posh hanger. I just met, you know, Debbie who, you know, I mean, it, the list just goes on. So for me to have them all in one area was just, oh my gosh. Like the yeah. three, I call them the three amigos. The the ones that I kind of like stock, uh, Insta stock is what I call it. <laughs> um <laughs> is like Carlos. So the relentless reseller, yeah. there's, uh, the hustle bee and then, um, what's Glenn Zubiak. Hustle oh, yes. Okay. So I call them the three amigos because you get those three guys together. They make the funniest videos. They make me laugh all day long. <laughs> um, I'm not going to lie. I totally fangirl when I saw them in, in this, the Starbucks line. Cause I stayed at the hotel, which is another thing I would suggest to your listeners yeah. Is really, even if you are in town, you know, or if you're close, I would certainly try to get a hotel, the hotel that they're, they're at, because it just makes it so much easier to get to and fro from the events, because the parking is atrocious, 
at yeah. the hotels. They charge now. And plus the fact that um, if you needed to change really quickly or if you and, and eBay provided everything like they provided the shuttles for the party on Thursday. And I mean, so that's how I met him. I was coming from the hotel room to the event and I was stopping at Starbucks to get my as anybody knows, and your listeners will probably know now, I'm highly addicted to caffeine. <laughs> um, so I had to get my fix. And so that's how I bumped into the boys. They were walking. And of course, I was fangirling. And I've actually, I have like, actually been on a YouTube with Glenn. And he's amazeballs. Um, they're all sneakerheads. I love them. I love the information. Um so that was really a fun moment for me. They were, you know, and what's so great, Johnny, is like when you meet them, whatever comes through their Instagram is literally how they are in real life. Like yeah. these kids, and I say kids because, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm just going to, I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but, you know, I'm definitely not a millennial. Um, <laughs> they're just, they're so genuine, right? And they're really transparent. And I just feel like a lot of them wear their heart on their sleeves. So when you're like, they like generally like to help people, but at the same time still have fun, which is how I really think reselling should be. I mean, I get it that it's a serious business. We're trying to, to get income and we're trying to pay our bills. Um, and life does sometimes smack us right in the face, seriously. Yeah. Um, but it's that community that just gets me through the day and makes me laugh and realize that I can't take myself so seriously at times. Um and then I meet amazing people like you. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. I cannot wait to meet you face-to-face. Like, as soon as I come into Vegas, which I do come into Vegas quite a bit. Yeah, like, we have to go do a date and, like, go, like, you know, thrift, source, get some Yeah, coffee, of course. You know, chat a bit. Because as you can tell, I, I'm really quiet. Can't you tell? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. I, I love meeting new people. I love talking to people, especially when you have the same type of passion as far as, you know, reselling and, you know, we both do eBay, you know, so right. we have so much in common, you know, it's just awesome. I just love this community and that's what I'm passionate about. Right. And this is why I do the podcast. You know, I do it for people who are maybe on the fence and I told right. Katie and Vicky this, I, I do it because I'm a fairly new reseller. I've only <laughs> been reselling for nine months. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. And the reason I'm, I'm doing this on social media is to get a beginner's perspective on it. Mm-hmm. and and interview experienced ebay sellers and and get them to like if someone's on the fence they're not really sure if they want to do it or not or right you know, they don't think they have the money or you know or just in general don't think they can do it and that was me in the beginning you know i researched for months before i even started really and, uh, yeah and because you know i i work a full-time job i do, oh, okay. I do ebay part-time Nice. And one of my goals is to go eBay full time. Right. But, you know, I got bills. I got car payment. You know, I got yeah. rent. You yeah, know, life. so, I got yeah. It. So when I started, and, and I've explained this in, in one of my first podcasts, is that everything that I have bought in the beginning was out of pocket. Right. So, you know, you don't have any capital when you first start. So, you know, either you're listing stuff that you don't use anymore around the house or you're doing really small hauls you know, because of your budget. Right. Right. Yeah. And, that's, and that's actually how I started, Johnny. Like I started literally because, uh, I got really sick. I couldn't work anymore. And I was just sitting there and I, you know, looking at this eBay thing and I thought, huh, I wonder if I could sell my 
uniforms and stuff like that. And that's how I started. So when I made some, made my first thousand that month, I was hooked after that. Yes, I was too. I mean, yeah. I was, I was hooked instantly. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was instant gratification. I mean, and you know, to be honest with you, you kind of came in at a good time, nine months, the platform when I started, I, and, and I'll tell you, there's going to be some sellers that you'll be interviewing later on down the road that have been on the platform for like 20 something years. And they'll tell you that the platform was, you know, it was like a mathematical problem. I mean, you had to figure out how to down. Oh my gosh. It was. Yeah. Too much. I was actually talking to uh, Vicky about that. Uh, my last podcast. Yeah. Um, uh, where she's been doing it for like 13, maybe a little bit more plus years on eBay. Right. And she was doing it before, you know, you had access to, you know, your cell phone and internet and stuff like that. So you, I told Vicky, you really had the research to see what was selling on eBay. And she goes, yeah, you did. You really had to write things down, go home and research on eBay and then come back and see if the thing is still here to, you know, to buy. Right. So, you know, I, I gave her props for that. I'm like, wow, you, you know, we're so spoiled today because we have cell phones and internet and everything to look up so quickly right oh yeah i oh yeah but again that being said you know as you know ebay's platform has changed again so you know it's getting harder and harder to sell one-offs um they're changing the direction um you know i mean it's it's all business right it's all competition uh you know, I sell on other platforms because uh, you have to, as a person who does e-com, you have to be diversified and you have to, it's just like the ocean, right? Ebb and flow. Got to figure yeah. it out. Get your hustle on. Um, and I think you'll find that with most resellers. Like if, I think eBay is a good one to start with because it really does put you in a good training mode. And as you know, with like any regular job, so like your regular job, you have a routine, right? You clock in at eight, you get off work by three or whatever. It's yeah. the same thing with your business and home. Once you go full time, you really have to like settle in and really get the routine down. Otherwise, you know, you'll do like in the beginning, like I did, you'll sit in your pajamas and, you know, you could still do that. <laughs> Certainly be in your PJs, but just have a routine is what I'm really coming down to because you just gotta, you just gotta get in there, and you gotta treat your business just like that, like a business. Like, don't be late to work. Take your appropriate breaks. You know, make sure that you have a goal. Like, I would totally suggest like an eraser board, and do like daily goals, weekly yeah. goals, monthly goals. Make them achievable. You know, um, and and just be ready for failure. It's, I use the, you know, the guy that does Dyson, you know, like how many times he was turned down and how many times his vacuum didn't work. And I mean, I think the, his, uh, the machines that he did, I mean, I think there was like 35 to, I don't even know how many he did that just didn't work, but eventually he got an investor, he found the right formula and now he's a multi-million dollar you know, company and everybody yeah. knows what Dyson is. So it's kind of the same. That's how I look at it is that I have to have all these failures to get me to the next step. And then I'll have some more failures. Yeah. And, you know, I just, it, so for your listeners, they just have to be ready as if they're new e-com resellers, just know that you're going to make some mistakes and sometimes they're going to be pretty big ones. Like the shipping seems to be a big a big stopping point for a lot of people. Cause I get it. It's so confusing. And then as soon as you put in the international component, it's one more thing, right? Yeah. But yeah, you know. that, that's what scared me in the beginning. 
you know, sure. was with the shipping, you know, am I going to ship out things outright? Am I going to get wrong shipping? Am I going to get, is it going to get lost in transit? You know, right. am I going to get negative feedbacks? You know, that, you know, all that factor in when I was researching, when sure. I first started selling and, you know, I, I, I just did what, what Katie, you know, advised, you know, advises a lot of people and a lot of other resellers that I've talked to just, you just need to go do it. You can't just think about it too much and you just do it. And then it, the repetitiveness of it, you just get used to it. You know, something that's, you know, when you sell something like a, like a blouse or, or you know, a Jersey or something that weighs, you know, under a pound, you know, it's going to go first class, right. You know, anything, anything over a pound is going to go priority or international, which I'm part of the global shipping program. Oh yeah. 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 And yeah. Yeah. It's just, I just send it out to their global shipping warehouse in Kentucky, you know? So, right. And it, they ship it overseas. But then, you know, that was one of a big factor for me was, you know, shipping. And that's what really scared me. Yeah. And that's what, that's what um, made me hesitate for a little bit. And then when I just said, you know what, I, I just can't be scared to do anything. You know, if I'm scared, I'm not going to know and I'm not going to gain the experience. So, you know, I just dove right in and just started doing it. Right. And I mean, and the other advice that I would give, you know, like, like you just said and described, it's like riding a bicycle. You just, you, you don't, we never knew how to ride one in the beginning. So we just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And then finally the training wheels came off and we were, Hey, look, we're on two wheels. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I kind of just look at it. Reselling is that like, you're going to make the mistakes, just embrace them, make note and then move on. And then the other, I mean, there's so many pieces, right? Like make sure you follow resellers who are truly authentic and transparent. The ones that do that clickbait and do everything like to get you to their channel yeah. Not really teaching you anything. You know, I would really take a minute and say, you know, am I, are they bringing anything to my table? Cause there's so many different resellers. Some will, you, you know, are more drawn to than the other, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and then the other thing is just to maybe zone in, in the beginning on something that you're passionate about. Like for me, because I was working in the hospital it was easy for me to get a grasp on scrubs and stethoscopes and, and working shoes. So that's how I started was just using something that I knew a lot about, like kind of blindfold, you know, blindfolded, like I just knew it in my sleep. So I would say to your listeners, maybe, you know, if they're passionate about games or gaming or electronics or t-shirts, like Katie has this thing about vintage t-shirts and she knows it like by sight now. Yeah. Um, I, I would start with an, a, a, a niche or a niche, however you want to say it, that you're I say really, niche. you know, yeah. <laughs> I say niche. Yeah. Like <laughs> just what you're comfortable with. And then once you start getting that flow, then um, just like I did, I just started adding a different category in and, you know, and then now, now what's so great is eBay's got so many different tools that you can act. I mean, it'll actually tell you what is trending right now. So like what is selling, what is trending? I would say go look those up too, those graphs um, and make note of that so that when you do go sourcing, garage selling, Goodwill, wherever, that you kind of have a mental note of like, oh, okay, streetwear selling, you know, uh, sexy bras or something, whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because trust me, with me going to my garage, I mean, even now, I mean, I don't consider myself totally seasoned. I just consider myself advanced. But even when I open the boxes, I'm like, oh, that's not going to sell. Okay, what was I thinking when I purchased this? Yeah. Uh, and the reason I have so much inventory, just so people don't 
think that I'm out there, you know, spending thousands of dollars is that it started by word of mouth. So because I worked in a hospital, um, you know, there's a lot of doctors and nurses who just literally get rid of their stuff. And it started with a girlfriend of mine wanting to sell a couple of her high end purses. And so, you know, I was a little nervous, but I said, okay, I'll take it on. I'll think. And she's like, well, I don't, I just take them, Robin. Just, I don't even want them in my house. Like, and, <laughs> and I was thinking like, okay, you don't want it. And she's like, no, I just, I really don't have time and I don't want them. So that's how it started. So then it just became where I would get messages on my cell phone and I'd say, okay, we'll just put it in a, a trash bag and toss it over the fence, the back fence, because we all had different schedules. And so it just started to grow then. And so uh, I just had to, between, you know, Jimmy boy and myself, we had to like literally start going through that and organizing it like jeans and scrubs and shoes and high-end purses. And then it became golf club. I mean, it, it, it was insane. <laughs> <clears throat> and it, I couldn't believe that all these doctors and nurses literally had disposable income. <laughs> and I try so hard to like, not like get upset with them. Cause I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why are you just buying this to be fine? But actually I'm okay with it now because yeah, I'm like, okay, well, if you want to get rid of your stuff, that's fine. Cause I'm going to go through it. And the great thing now in my community right now in Sacramento is that I have resellers who are just like you. They just started on the platform either nine months ago, four months ago. And I just sell them, you know, the goods that I'm not going to put on my platform. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I just have a niche or, you know, and I stay within that. Then I call them up or text them and say, Hey, you know, I've got like, you know, a box of men's, you know, dress shirts and, you know, sports jackets. Did you want to come over? And I'm like, I don't know. Well, 20 bucks a box or 40. So I I'm actually getting that out too. And, you know, helping them start because I get it. Sometimes it's really hard to source. Like if you have another job like you or you have children and now that school started there's that whole busy aspect of that so i i like the idea of maybe helping them get some inventory that they can do you know like a quick flip on or or put it on you know another platform if it's not ebay ebayable you know like it's yeah you know but yeah so i mean eventually i'm hoping we get our our inventory, I was going to call it something else, inventory under control, <laughs> because, I mean, we've, we've actually put ourselves on a hiatus, like source right now. Like we just go to our garage and source there. And yeah. if you look, if you're listeners and you look on my Insta stories, there's a lot of times I'll, I'll show you my money piles. Like they're literally, I have like right now down below downstairs, I have literally about 150 jackets that need to be listed. So that's going to go up for Q4. Um, I have person. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's a dragon that's going to be slayed. It's just a slow process. And the good thing about Q4 is, uh, you know, Vicky's trained me well. It, I, you really don't know what's going to sell at Q4. And you're always amazed by what does sell. you like, you just put everything up. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot I had that. And yay, it's going out of my house. Yay. So, it's, yeah. you know, I don't know. I, I know I, what you mean. I love it. I know what you mean. I, I love it too. I mean, it's, it's, I'm, I'm 46. I'll be 47 this month. And I've been working steadily since 1990. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, I finally found something that I'm really passionate about. 
Yeah. And I've talked about this before. I'm like, it took me that long to figure out what I actually wanted to do. <laughs> right, right. But, you know, and, and I was talking to uh, Flip Flip last week in my podcast and I go, you know what? It doesn't it doesn't matter how old, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. Nope. You know, this business, you know, it's your business. You know, it, it doesn't it doesn't matter how, how young or old you are. And yeah. if you're passionate about it, and I think that's one thing about reselling is that you have to have passion. If you're not have passion for it, it's just another job for you. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. I, like I that is, I think, the number one thing for everybody, especially your listeners. Like if you jump in and it's not something that you like you love doing, then move on to the next thing. Right. Yeah. And, and there's no shame in that. I, I think it's OK to say hey, I'm not really feeling this, so I'm going to move on. But I have a feeling once they get their first cha-chings, because that's the greatest thing, right? As soon as you download your That's app, an awesome sound. <laughs> you know, it's a great sound. And it you could be at work or you could be in line at the gas station and you just made 100 bucks. That's kind of like, what? That was so easy. And it, I mean, it is easy. It's just a bunch of clicking and posting and dropping yeah. in things. I mean, once you get a rhythm and once you start listening to, you know, you find your resellers that are teaching you well, I'm telling you, you're going to, they're just going to soar. And I think, yeah, I, I love it. It's a passion that I love being my own boss because I've worked since I was 14 and I haven't worked a, you know, a solid job probably in the last five years. Now, you know, some of those I was really sick, so I couldn't, but now I'm, you know, doing my thing and full time. And I'm, I mean, I love it. And it's, it's, there are days when you have to push through, you know, just because mm -hmm. you're not feeling it or you're yeah. tired or, you know, whatever. But then when you start getting those sales again, you're like, Oh yes, this is why I do it. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or you find what I love too, is I think as most resellers, the, the biggest component for us is the actual thrifting or the sourcing or the shopping. Because we like to find that really cool item that we think is really cool. And hopefully a buyer will think it's really cool. You yeah, know? that's that's the, the, the fun part of yes. reselling is the treasure hunting, you know? Right. And I or think like, you, you know, modern day, you know, pirates. Or whatever, oh, you know? <laughs> absolutely. That's a great way to look at that. Oh, my gosh. That's, a, you know, that's awesome. Hunting for treasure, you know? Yes. Yeah, I was going to say, like, um, that's the next component, right? You had tapped onto it earlier about um you know money like if you don't have money in the beginning then i would certainly tell you to start small and then put 50 percent back into the business pay yourself and then pay the business do you know what i mean and then yeah. eventually you'll your inventory will grow and the other point that i would like to make because i i didn't do it and i'm sure some of the bigger resellers haven't either until later on but get a really good accountant system like it get get something going so that when you start growing because you will grow you're kind of on a training process like get yourself trained so you know yeah. what to do and not to do because that is a learning curve for everybody that's because <laughs> each state's so different do you know what I yeah. mean? <clears throat> so but i was going to ask you a question so what do you like to do like when you source what what is your favorite like where do you, like do you do garage sales, estates, or do you like the stores? Or, um, I, I should utilize the garage sales more here in Las Vegas because 
there's no such thing as, as garage sale season here. Oh, like on other states that you every weekend there's a garage sale. Nice. <laughs> and I don't utilize it like I should, um, just because uh, it's such a vast city. Right. There's garage sales everywhere. Um, but uh, I mainly go to the Goodwill bins. That's kind of my thing right now. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because I've been finding a lot of good stuff. And uh, second, I will hit up uh, a few savers. Uh, I do shop at savers. So and sometimes Goodwill. And we do have a few Salvation Armies, but I rarely uh, step inside of them because uh, to me, the Salvation Army is a little unorganized. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is a thrift store, but still, it's a little unorganized. Yeah. Yeah, I find I, I do the same thing. Uh, the only the secret I'll tell you, though, is I've never been to an estate sale. Isn't that funny? Uh, I haven't either. I, I mean, there was so, a, there was a I, couple that I passed by last weekend. They said, oh, estate sale. And I go, oh. But, you yeah. know, I just passed by it. You know, I just like, nah, yeah. not today. <laughs> yeah, the thrifting nomads, Will and Jenny, they, oh, my gosh, if you guys are not following them on Instagram, you should. They go to estate sales like they're religious about it. And I love it because they really do make it. I mean, like they film why they go in. I mean, of course, they're on the on the down low. But it's fun to because because it's it was such an intimidating thing for me. Like, oh, my gosh, I can't go into someone's house and look through <laughs> their stuff. And oh, my gosh, what? Yeah. But now it's like it's definitely on my I have a I call it a unicorn list. And uh, yes, I am a sparkly unicorn, but I do have a unicorn list. It's kind of <laughs> like my bucket list. And so there's certain things that I want to do or find and things like that. That's definitely on my, on my unicorn list. Like I definitely want to do a really cool estate sale. And the thing about Vegas that I really do love is, is you just tapped into it. It's such a, um, people move there from all over the country. Yeah. So you have like really, like you can go to, what is that place? Is it Boulder city? No. What is, is that Boulder city? Is it or uh, it's packed. yeah, there is there is a Boulder City. Yeah, yeah, like that's a really artsy community. And it seems like when I go to their thrift stores in, in that town, I find the coolest vintage. Um, that's kind of my jam. I love vintage. <laughs> um, and then like the garage sales that I, I mean, they're just eclectic. Like you have um, I went to one garage sale and it was a musician that obviously I didn't know, but Jimmy boy did. And he was just like totally fanboying. He was like, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And I was like, yeah, you're, you're here, go take the money and go talk to your dude. Like I get it, <laughs> you know, it's t-shirts and I don't know. It's just really, it's a really fun city. And you're right about the weather. I can see that not having a garage sale season. That's kind of cool. I, I didn't realize that you guys have garage sales the whole season. That's yeah. If, cool. if it's not raining, which it rarely rains here in Las yeah. Vegas, there's a garage sale somewhere. Nice. <laughs> nice. Now let me ask you another question. So like, is it a family affair when you guys go thrifting or, do you, or is it just you or it's me and my wife? It's just me and my wife. All my kids are grown up. Nice. Um, okay. And uh, that's the uh, Sin City Hustlers, plural. Uh, right. So we're a husband and wife team. So um, nice. I do all the social media stuff and, and, um, I take the photographs and she does, you know, packing the, uh, the items in the bins and, and shipping them out. And she does all the behind the scenes thing. So oh my God. without, without her help, I think it just, this will be a lot harder on me than it oh, would be. Oh, for sure. See, I'm a, I'm a, a two man team too. It's, you know, me and then a Jimmy boy. And I mean, gosh, we've been, if I didn't have him, he does all the photographs. So he hates shipping and he loves, he's really good at sourcing too. And that's a great thing too, right? Now that you're a, husband and wife team like us 
I think, to be honest, it's like Chris Lynn said a long time ago, those seem to be the most successful at times because I think you, because you kind of take away, like you do this and I do this and it just works really well. So it's like, you know, I get it. If you're a one man person, it's, that's a lot of, it's a lot of work, right? I mean, it's a, it's like, you know, it's like having a family. It takes a team to raise, you know, a child. So I kind of look at thrifting or, or, you know, reselling as that it's like, this is our baby and we need to nurture it and grow it. So he does all the photographs. I do uh, all the listing, all the social media. He, he does not like it. He has a job just like you. Um, He works, uh, he's a correctional officer. So he has a really, really stressful job. Um, And so for him, it's like, it's his, it's like his Zen. Do you know what I mean? Like when, when we go thrifting, it's amazeballs to see him. He just gets zoned in and he is so good with vintage t-shirts and sports jackets and men's wear and jeans. And he finds some serious gems. I mean, serious gems. <laughs> nice. So yeah. So it's, so we each bring something different to the table, just I, as I'm almost positive, like Vicky and Katie are great two man team. They're I, a great team. I love them. Yeah. With that. You know, well, the thing is, they're not really a team. I mean, like they have their own stores. They have their own stores and their you know own niche. Mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I'm sure you and your wife have, you know, she has her favorite. Like, I love hard goods. Oh my gosh. I love vintage and hard goods. Those are my jams. Um, but I, she, I love, you know. Yeah. My wife finds all the good stuff. I mean, um, yeah. Just recently, my, not this haul, but my last haul. Yeah. She found all the Versace shirts Ooh. at the bins. Yeah. And I was just like, ooh. That's you found awesome. those? She's like, yeah. I mean, I'll find some good stuff, but she finds the really good stuff. Yeah, that's my husband. That's totally my husband. I mean, I, you know, besides us getting the 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 items from doctors and nurses and that kind of stuff. Um, but when we were sourcing, oh, my gosh, he would. Oh, my gosh. He was. He's so good. John. Like, I, <laughs> I, I keep telling him, like, dude, you, you seriously, you could do your own show because it's. But he's like, that's just not his thing. He's like, no, I'm good. I, yeah, that's that's my wife, too. She She's not real comfortable with, you know, she's on social media, but she doesn't, like, I have my YouTube channel, which I haven't done anything with in months. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, I'm a lot on, on Instagram when I can. And, right. Um, but, you know, I I do my podcast, you know, once a week, you know. And that's awesome. I, I, I find doing a podcast once a week is, is good enough. Because sure. I know other uh, Flip Flip, who I interviewed last week, um, he does at least a few podcasts a week, you know. So and, awesome. And I, I could probably do it more. I just don't want to flood people with a bunch of podcasts. Sure. You know? But I figured once a week is good enough, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think podcasts are amazing just because for me, I listen to podcasts probably more than YouTube um, just because I'm listening all the time. Do you know what I mean? And and when I'm actually on the computer, I, I can't really look at something. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. for me, and I get distracted so easily, right? Because you're at home. It's so Yeah, me too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I just put the podcast on and it's just, it's like having my friends like right there having coffee with me. Like I just love, oh my gosh, podcasts are so amazing. I love it. Yeah, they're actually they're actually getting more popular now. Oh, yeah. Be- because there's only a few podcasts that, are ebay or ebay related right 
And like you said, you can just, you know, pop in your headphones or pop it on the stereo or your car or your exercising, whatever. Yeah, and you can just listen to a podcast. And it's something that you, that's related to you and you're passionate about. And people will listen. And it, and it reflects, you know, from my podcast because my podcast is, is like growing like, like wildfire. It's just people are listening, which I that's think is awesome. amazing. I, I, I think it's amazing. And I think it's great that you're – you're picking a, a a niche and just going with it. You know what I mean? Because I think it's it's I think you tapped into something that isn't really talked about. It's let's talk about the new eBayers. You know, that's a it's a hard gig to get into because if you're not very comfortable with computers anyway, and the process is completely different than what you do as a job. I get it. It's a little intimidating. So it's kind of nice to have somebody who's kind of like, you know, you're, you're kind of like the Mr. Rogers of eBay. (laughs) I mean, like you're the friendly neighbor who is just going to teach him, you know, Hey, look, don't be nervous. We, we all started somewhere. Yeah. You know? And then when you talk to other resellers on your podcast, you know, they'll, they'll hear all of our ups and downs. Cause it's, it's not always, you know, chocolate Sundays. I mean, times there's like spilled milk and, you're gonna make mistakes even even the most experienced and i found out by by interviewing other resellers they make they've been doing it for years and they still make mistakes you know and i and i and as a new reseller myself you know i'm constantly making mistakes but then you learn from those mistakes absolutely i couldn't agree more with you i honestly and if you just stay true to yourself all i can say to your listeners is just stay humble stay eager to learn, um, be your most authentic self, live your best life, be kind always. Um, you know, I, I just think if you live by those rules, your, your career in reselling will be, you know, it's just going to be amazing. Yeah. You you just, just work hard, do your research. Oh, absolutely. Definitely do all that. That's, I I figure most people who have worked in a regular business, hopefully they have good work, work ethic. Um, but I just find that there, there, there are some in our community who they're just, they're not, they're just not as authentic as they can be. Do you know what yeah. I mean? They're not as transparent. And I think, I mean, I'm not saying that like, you need to give everything up. Like I get it, like you're <laughs> yeah. sourcing and all that, but I definitely think the, the most successful resellers are the ones who like, if you see them on Instagram or Facebook, or you hear them on a podcast and then you meet them face to face and you realize, oh, my gosh, they're the same person. Yeah. That to me just triggers like, oh, my gosh, they're living their most authentic life. And that's those are the people I want to follow. Right. And I, I don't want unkindness either. I mean, anybody who has opinions about another reseller or whatever, I think that maybe perhaps they should take a breath and, you know, you know, we, we all have something. Right. We all have a past. We all have something going on. I just think that judging another reseller is just something that's not, it's just not needed and it's not necessary. And you, you, you don't have to agree. It's like politics and religion. Not all of us are going to agree on the same thing, but right. just be kind about it and be, uh, I don't, I guess the word is neutral. Like just don't even go there. Just, just say, okay, we're just going to agree to disagree and then move on. Right. Well, because- I find that 99% of the reselling community is like positive people. Yes. Yeah. And you'll find that one percent that are just judgmental and Oof. hateful and yeah. Hateful, and, that's a good word, Johnny. Hate. And yeah. You you don't want that as far as mm-hmm. having your own e uh, e-commerce business. 
Right. Where I come to find out is, you know, nine months, you know, I've unfollowed people on Instagram who are oh. very hateful. Oh, yeah. And, and not, you know, just being a mean, mean spirited. Right. Right. And Isn't I, that's the greatest thing. You just get yeah. to unfollow. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just, yeah. I'm not following you anymore. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say who the no, no, resellers sure. are, but I'm there was a, there was a reseller it. that was, you know, I'm a huge Nicole State fan. Yeah. She was one of the people that influenced me. And um, people, I, I mean, I've unfollowed people on Instagram who was just, just completely trashing her and yeah. her. Yeah. And I've unfollowed them because if they're going to be mean to someone like Nicole State, who else are they going to be mean to? Right, right. You know, so I'll just quickly unfollow because I don't need that. Right. And you really don't. You really don't need. I mean, we have enough negative influences bombarding us every single day. Every single day. The news. You, you know what I'm saying? Natural disaster. I mean, it's all coming at us. So I think you're right. And and you are right. John. Like, seriously, you really are right. 99% of our reseller community are maze balls. They really are. And they're great people and they're great families. And all they want to do is just get the information out there. And sometimes, sometimes even those positive people will make a mistake or two and it becomes public forum. It's the way they react to it that always will either take me one way or another. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. And I think it just, that's it, right? Just be a good human being because, yeah. you know, there's no need for the hate. I mean, it's, it's, you're right about that. The hate, it's 1% and they're usually really bad. Yeah. I and mean, it's like, you, you know, right off the bat, like, oh, yeah. and then when you meet them in person, it's like, holy cow, like <laughs> this person is, yeah. So I, generally I think we're all super positive and we really love people because we wouldn't be in this business of trying to network if we weren't. And it is, and you know, as some other resellers will tell you when we work as hard as we do and we're behind a computer, it is a little lonesome. That's why podcasts are amazing because it really, for me, it's like having my friends over for a cup of coffee, you know, coffee and a chat. Um, (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like, you know, I listen to yours all the time and it, I just feel like I, I know you, like, I think this is why it's so comfortable to chit chat because, you know, or Wade, like I listen to his too. And, yeah. um, you know, I, it's, they're just amazing. And, and I think that's the other thing too. The other component to that is that you're doing a really great thing by holding other resellers up because we all need that once in a while. We all need to be told, Hey, you're doing an amazing job yeah. and it's okay that you made a mistake and we're here for you. And, I, think I love just, how everybody's just helpful with each yes. other. It's, it's not real competitive. That's what no, I like about it. People no. are not competitive with each other and they're not standoffish. Right. They're more like, what happened and how can I help you? you yeah, know? exactly. And those are the people that you really do want in your life because that's all you want is just to be successful. I mean, we're not, I mean, I think we're all slightly competitive, you know, I mean like, Ooh, I want to, I want to get 10 sales today or whatever, but I think it's in a good it's good, right? Like it's a good spirit to have, like it makes you work a little harder, but if you're doing it because you're ill-intented, then it will show through your Instagram, your podcast and your YouTubes. It will just show. And then when you seriously resellers have a really good radar and when they meet these people, the 1% people that we're talking about, the hateful ones, they'll know because they're the ones that don't give you information or they shut you down and they don't listen to you or they just blow you off because they think they're too big. 
Yeah. You know, like, oh, I have, you know, this many followers and, you know, and it's like, really? Wow. (laughs) You know, it's like, okay, you know, okay. That's, that's when I went in, when I went to the uh, Hustler Hacks meetup during eBay open. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Did you love that? It was awesome. Oh, because I'm a huge Hustler Hacks fan i'm a hustleby fan yeah um relentless reseller you know yes I yeah oh my gosh you met my three amigos yeah yeah they're really nice guys and um really down to earth and i was talking that i have a podcast i was talking to glenn and ken oh yeah and they're like yeah we'll come on to your podcast you know and they're just like you know nonchalant about it they're just like yeah we'll come on and so i've been trying to schedule them to come on together but they have such different schedules and their youtube and stuff so you know, eventually I'll get them on together. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, but even if you got them separate too, Johnny, like they're they're amazing either way. Yeah. And Carlos too. You should get you should get him on too because no, I've actually asked Carlos and he said yeah, but right now he's he's uh, I think he's he said he's going to school and he's got a lot of projects. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I and, you know that's everybody. But he right? yeah, he wanted he said yeah, he definitely wants to come on the show. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna have him on. It's gonna be great. Um, I met those guys. They're awesome. They um, are. I'm so really glad down you to did. earth guys. Oh, I know. I'm so glad you did. I get so excited when I hear people, you know, meet the meet the people that I fangirl over because I just because <laughs> they really are. And like another couple that I keep telling everybody should follow and listen to is the Thrifting Nomads. They're brand new to the flat platforms too, and uh, Will and Jenny. They're they're a two man team too, and they're just amazing. I mean, it just it's just amazing. So, you know, I mean, there's so many, Johnny, you're going to have so many, you know, diverse people on your podcast. It's going to be, it's going to be really fun yeah. to listen to your, your podcast. Cause, oh my gosh, there's so many, like, I mean, there's so many, there's Wayne, yeah. there's Steve Rake and there's like, I mean, there's yeah. just so many and most of them, all they want to do is support, you know, just like your, your podcast. They want to support that because one, it helps their platform. Two, it helps you. And then three, it helps all the people who are starting out. Like, you know, you got to have people that you trust to yeah. help you, you know, in the beginning. Because it gets a little crazy out there. Cause, it does. You know, there's, what do we call that? Like, you got be sharp. I always think, like, I always think of that song, like, because there are some people who are kind of sharky. Like, they just come in and they want to you know, they want you to pay for everything. And I'm just thinking like, whoa, yeah. whoa, before you start like doling out money, yeah. you know, check out YouTube and podcasts first and see if this is even something you want to dive into. You want to there's so right. much free information that, you yeah. know, I mean, eventually, cause you know, I'm in a group to a mastermind group and you know, there it's amazing, especially if you're, you're advanced trying to get to a, you know, another level. Sometimes you need that little extra, to figure out like how do I do this? How do I do the other platforms? How what am I doing wrong? Why am I stuck here? Yeah. So, you know, and that's good because when you've got sellers who are pulling in, you know, six to seven figures, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're gonna have some good advice. So yeah, this has been really fun. I, I love podcasts. <laughs> I really do. That's awesome. Thanks. Well, uh Robin, uh thank you for being on the show. Uh your awesome interview. Yay, um, thanks. I- Again, uh, how can people find you on social media? Okay, so on Instagram, it's under Robin, R-O-B-Y-N, Yednock, Y-E-D-N-O-C-K, Haas, H-A-A-S. And then from there, you guys can just go into my link tree and then you'll see everything there. My Facebook, uh, Twitter, 
you know, the rest of it. And uh, yeah, I would love for you guys to follow me and message me. Uh, I'm really open to anything. We can talk about life, resell. I don't know. I, you know, if you know me, I love Tiki and I love ocean and I love reselling and I love people. People are really my passion. So I love, you know, yeah, I really do. I love it. So I am not the person who doesn't answer, you know, DMs like you just do it. And it might take me a a couple hours to get back to you, but I certainly will. And I probably write you a book. I'm just (laughs) (laughs) awesome. Thank you, Robin, for being on the show. You're again, you're awesome. And hopefully uh, in the future, we'll have you back on. Yeah, totally. Totally. You guys all have a great day. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye bye. Now it's time to go over my weekend sales. I hope everybody's sales were good. They were up. Uh, mine were pretty good. I had about nine sales over the week weekend, and they they were all good. I, I made some uh, made some money. Uh, let's start with. Uh, I'm not going to go over all of them uh, because it's over nine items. I'm not going to go over all of them, but uh, I'll go over a few that, that uh, I liked and made some good money on. Uh, first one I'm going to start with is uh, Nautica uh, clothing brand, Nautica Women's Navy Blue and white striped long sleeve sweater. Had it up for a couple weeks. Uh, sold pretty fast. Sold it for full asking price of $17.99. And again, uh, if you guys are new to the podcast, um, everything I I source, I source at the Goodwill bins. And so a lot of this stuff I pay either just over a dollar or just under a dollar, just depending how big my haul is. And uh, my, uh, not to get off topic, but my last haul from last week, um, had about, uh, I can't even, I want to say about 60 pounds of clothing. Um, ended up with like 88 total items, uh, paid like 78 cents per item. And there's a, there's a couple items on there they're going to sell that that's just going to make up for, for the price. I paid about $60 for everything. So, uh, let's get back on track here. Uh, that Nautica women's, uh, striped long, long sleeve sweater, actually a nice sweater, uh, full asking price. The buyer paid seventeen ninety nine, and it uh, shipped off to its new home. Uh, everything I talk about here, uh, my uh, interview with Robin, my uh, weekend sales, my weird listing of the week, uh, eBay news, uh, everything's gonna be put up on my Instagram, and you'll be able to not only hear what I'm talking about, but you can see what I'm talking about. So next one up is a Disney. Uh, Disney long sleeve uh, sweater with a little mermaid print on it. Uh, new with tags. I found it at the bins. Um, of course, you know, if if you if you resellers are listening, and you're at the and you shop at the Goodwill bins and you source at the Goodwill bins, and you see a lot of people, you know who people who who are resellers because not only do they just skim everything off the top, but you really have to dig. Underneath those bins, you got to get your hands dirty. And what I do, I just pretty much pick up the whole, you know, bin of clothing and just flip it on its, you know, side like a pancake. Because a lot of stuff that gets dug under there, there's some good stuff under there. So this one was actually dug under there almost to the bottom where it didn't get dirty. But it was the uh, Disney uh, Little Mermaid sweater, uh, new with tags. So I had it up for... $24.99 and the I took a best offer of $20. And again, I paid only a dollar for it. So, you know, it's it's a pretty good flip on that. 
And it's a pretty cool sweater. It's uh, like a teal-colored uh, crew neck sweater with the Little Mermaid um, print in the front. And this one's actually going uh, international. It's an international sale. So it's going to go over overseas. Uh, I didn't check to see exactly where it's going. But, yeah, it's going to the Kentucky uh, Global Shipping Warehouse. Uh, next up, uh, I sold a pair of cleats. Uh, I did have a few cleats in my store, and I've sold most of them. Uh, this one took forever to sell, and I thought they would sell faster, but they did end up selling. They've been up for a few months. Uh, Nike Lunar Vapor Ultrafly Elite Baseball Cleats, size 11 and a half. And the, the size 11 and a half, I mean, it's, it's a weird size, but I took it because it, they were only like, I think, 10 bucks I paid for them. They were reduced at, at Ross, and I picked them up. And at the time, the the comps were were really good. So you know, I thought, oh, it's gonna be a quick flip. You know, I'll make some good money on it. I ended up being in the store for a couple months. Um, Thirty one ninety nine is what the buyer paid. Uh, it was a one of my sales. It was a twenty percent off that. So thirty one ninety nine. It's actually going to Puerto Rico. So the person bought it from Puerto Rico. Uh, blue and white cleats. They're actually pretty nice cleats. Uh, next up is, let me see here, uh, Gap. Now, I really don't pick up Gap that much because it doesn't really sell that well. And if you ever look on eBay with Gap, any, if Gap women's clothing or men's clothing, it's just saturated with uh, clothing. So, you know, it sells every day, whatever, but I guess it depends on the style and what it is. But I picked it up. It was a nice-looking dress, uh, real uh, dark green color. Uh, gap uh, long sleeve dress with a drawstring waist and I thought that was different so ended up selling it for 13 uh, best offer 13 bucks and it shipped off to its new home uh, this one is by Parker I never heard of the brand uh, it's a black and blue checkered long sleeve blouse uh, size small and I rarely pick up small but it is an actually a nice looking blouse and uh, paid a uh, dollar for it of course it's at the bend and uh, the person paid uh, 18 bucks. It was on sale for my store and $18. So it was a good flip on that one. Uh, the next one up is uh, Banana Republic. So here's the thing with Banana Republic. Banana Republic sells pretty well, but it also depends on what. I, I Again, it's an extra small blouse. I rarely pick up small women's clothing because it doesn't sell. But uh, this one sold. Uh, it, this one was up in my... Uh, store for like maybe a month and uh, it's actually a nice looking blouse multicolor sleeveless uh, blouse and it has like pink floral print uh, and like a checkered background and I sold it for uh, 1039 I think I had it up for 1399 and uh, it was on a, yeah it was uh, on a sale on my store over the weekend so 1039 thing weighs practically nothing so it cost me a couple bucks to ship so I'll make a few bucks off that uh, next up is Arizona jeans. No, let's go with American Eagle Outfitters. Uh, acid, wa- acid wash high-rise jegging jeans. Uh, these are actually cool-looking jeans. Um, I would never wear them, wear the women's jeans, but uh, acid wash, uh, size 8, which is a yeah, okay size. But uh, I sold American Eagle Outfitters uh brands before especially jeans they sell they sell pretty quick 
they sell really fast. So I picked this one up, saw it at the bins, and I go, oh, it's American Eagle Outfitters. Yeah, I'm going to take this one. Uh, like, if you hear my other uh, podcasts, I don't really rarely pick up jeans unless I know it's going to sell. Um, but uh, cool-looking jeans. They're high-waisted, I believe. And uh, they sold within a couple weeks. Uh, yeah. $15, best offer. I think I had them up for $19.99. And uh, put them in a flat bubble mailer. Because most jeans weigh just over a pound. So you have to put them in a, a flat bubble mailer. And ship them off. Uh, next one up. Uh, Lucky brand. Uh, women's black uh, blouse or top. Uh, it's like a cotton top. With embroidery uh, on the chest. And I think some on the hem. Actually cool looking blouse. Uh, it is by Lucky Brand. It's a good brand. It sells. Had it up for $29.99. Took a best offer of $28. Now I really didn't have to negotiate too much with this buyer. Because it was their, their first um, offer. Uh, first offer was $28. I'm like, sold. You know, I had it up for $29, I believe. And, uh, I mean, if they would have negotiated, I probably could have came down to like $24, $25. But uh, they offered 28 and I accepted. And, it, you know, it weighs practically nothing. And uh, shipped it off to its new home. Um, let's see. The last thing that's coming up I want to talk about is probably my flip of the week. Uh, I, I was at Savers. It was, uh, I don't think it was one of the days where it was 50% off the whole store. I think me and my wife just stepped in to see, you know, what they had. And I don't source every day. Uh, I'm a part-time reseller. I have a, a full-time job. So when I do source, I need to source, you know, a, you know, a while. So, you know, if you talk to most resellers or know most resellers, they go into each store. They have a regiment where, you know, they'll spend a certain amount of time on each store. And, uh, I take my time at each store. I'll be in there for two, three hours looking at everything because my time is limited. I can't source every day. And just like, you know, most of you guys out there, resellers that are part-time, you know, you you don't have a lot of time to source. So I was in Savers and looking up and down the aisle and I was in the, like the office supply aisle area section of, you know, where the the shelves are. And this box, it kind of grabbed my attention because it looked old school. And I looked at the, and I pulled the box out, and it was a pretty big, like, box. I would say 12 by 12 inches. And uh, it said, uh, Thing Maker Creepy Crawlers uh, by Mattel. Now, I knew it was vintage right away when I saw the box. Now, my worry was, was it a re- like a reprint or, uh, like, one of those... Uh, companies that that goes retro for a while just to sell things but uh, no it was the actual original uh, box for this thing it's called the thing maker creepy crawlers and what it is um, they come with metal molds and it comes with a little tiny heater and you put the what they call goop you put the goop in the molds that are shaped like little bugs and centipedes and spiders and stuff and um, you put it on the heater, and it kind of cooks the goop, and then you peel it off the mold, and then, you know, you have your own creepy crawler. Uh, this one was vintage, 1964, and again, I'll put this on my Instagram. You guys will see this. It was actually a pretty good flip. Uh, 1964 Mattel. Uh, it's got a retro box, original box. It had everything in it. 
I believe it had a couple molds missing. I'm not really sure. I tried to look it up and it's uh, really hard to look up these things. So it really didn't say what the contents are because it still had the original uh, instructions. So everything was in it. The goop, the glue, the molds, the heater, the lamp. Uh, I tested it. It still worked. And it was actually a really cool thing. If you're a toy collector, that's probably a good uh, thing to have for your collection. Um, I had it up for $99. Now, there's a few other listings with the same, uh, same product. But a lot of them were missing stuff inside the box. A lot of uh, people are selling just the molds because they find the molds and they find out what it belongs to and then they'll sell it on eBay. Now, like each mold was going for like $15, $20. So, but these had all mostly all the molds, original goop, uh, different colored goop, uh, the paint, the glue, everything said Thing Maker on there, Mattel. It was original. And I'm going on about this thing because I had it up for $99. Had it up for like a week or two, and it sold for 70 bucks. Now, it was on sale at my store, and I had it down to $79. And we negotiated back and forth with the buyer, and we finally agreed uh, $7, or $7, $70. And I only paid, it was at $6.99 at Savers. Got 20% off, because every time I, I shop there a lot, so that I have a lot of discounts. 20% off, $6.99, so I think it was only like 4 or $5 I paid for the thing. Flipped it for 70 which was awesome. You know, I, I looked up the comps. I looked up the listings, and they were going for $100 plus. I put it up at 99 because I like quick flips. And um, as soon as I listed it, it was just watcher. Next day, another watcher. Next day, another watcher. It had it up to about 11 watchers at one point before it sold. And, uh, I had, of course, I had a lot of lowball offers on it. You know, $25, $30, $40. I'm like, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna wait. I got a lot of watchers. Somebody will make me a good offer and uh, negotiated with this buyer seventy dollars and sold. I turned four or five dollars into seventy dollars, which was awesome. And put it in the box. Only cost me like eight bucks to ship. And uh, the buyer had a request of putting all the uh, the bottles, the goop bottles, and the glue and everything in separate ziplocs. He didn't want it to leak, which is understandable. But I did tell him that most of the bottles have dried out or they're empty. But I went ahead and, and did what the uh, customer asked. I'm a, you know, keep your customers happy is what, I'm, what I say. And uh, that's pretty much my flip of the week. Uh, I sold other things like an Eddie Bauer uh, pants and a Michael Kors top. You know, it's Levi's and stuff like that. Real just bland type stuff that I sold. But, you know, it was just sale after sale during the week and weekend. And it was really good. But that... Vintage uh, thing maker was my flip of the week there, $70. So, you know, don't be afraid to, to look up vintage stuff. Um, it, some, you know, not all vintage stuff sells, but, you know, this thing was, was hot. You know, this thing had a few listings. There was one listing of this thing that had like $200, and it had watchers. Uh, I, I, you know, like I said, I wanted to do a quick flip, so I had it up for $99.99. Sold it for $70. Bucks. So... I hate to keep going on about this thing, but it was a pretty awesome flip. Um, just keep an eye out for vintage stuff, especially vintage toys. Vintage toys are really good, but uh, really good. And that's my sales in uh, my sales over the week and weekend. So let's go on to uh, eBay news. eBay news.
Now it's time for some eBay news. Uh, pretty interesting article that came up uh, when I was researching some news here. Because uh, uh, I'm, I'm an Apple fan. I'm sure a lot of you guys out there are, are Apple products and everything. I own iPhones. Um, rarely do I own an Android unless it's absolutely necessary. Um, I've always been an iPhone kind of guy. I just I just like the product. It's you know it's great. You know it. I just love the the iPhone. It's just awesome. Um, someone is selling an, uh, a rare pre-released iPhone prototype uh, from 2006 on eBay. And the bids have already crossed over uh, $13,000. Now, now, looking at the pictures, um, you can tell it's a prototype. It's not an actual, you know, it looks like an iPhone, but it's, it just looks like a prototype. Like, you know, they were still working on how it looks, you know, how heavy they wanted it. And uh, it uh, this one comes from uh, businessinsider.com. And, you know, an iPhone prototype from 2006 is up for auction on eBay. Over 70 bids have been made for it. Uh, bringing the price up over thirteen thousand two hundred uh, on Wednesday. I think this was last Wednesday. The device was last sold in a private transaction in two thousand fifteen for eight thousand dollars to a person familiar with the device. Told Business Insider, there is a subculture of Apple fans who trade and sell prototype devices. Now, before I get to the rest of the article, uh, I, when I was reading the article, I'm like, um, why would Apple let someone just you know, sell off their, their prototypes, but I guess amongst each other, employees and friends, um, they're allowed to, to give prototypes or, you know, swap things for, for prototypes. And, uh, the article goes on, uh, the device sold, uh, by the, by the seller name three, two, one, uh, daddy seems to be an, seems to be an iPhone that was used for testing inside Apple in the late 2006 before the iPhone was revealed to the world by Steve Jobs in 2007. Uh, again, it goes on to say Apple uh, fans have bid on the item 72 times. It's over 13000 The 10-day auction still has several days before it closes. Now, this was last Wednesday, so I'm sure it's, it's already been sold. Uh, it's kind of curious to see how much it sold for. Uh, the listing says the phone runs EarthBound, an internal Apple operating system that provides access to testing and development tools, as well as Apple uh, OS X, a desktop operating system. When the iPhone launched in 2007, Steve Jobs said it ran a full version of OS X. Now, it has pictures of the iPhone, and it actually looks pretty cool. It's in a black box, and it's got all these weird features on here. And it also has a picture of the uh, the eBay listing. So it looks pretty cool. I mean, it's going to sell. According to the listing, the device was handmade. So, you know, when I show you the pictures on Instagram, um, it's handmade. So it's very interesting to see how they develop or developing the iPhone, which was pretty cool. Uh has uh, was handmade, has custom internal hard hardware, and is heavier than the iPhone was when it eventually was released. Now I'm, I have an ISO, iPhone six plus, and it's pretty heavy. Now if you compare it to like an and like a regular Android, Android phone weighs practically nothing, but an iPhone is a little heavier. You know, it has the glass uh, screen. You know, it's got the metal cover. Uh, back cover so you know it's pretty pretty heavy and that's what I like about it. it's heavy and it's durable 
you know, when you don't drop it. Um, but uh, the listing says it it's a DV, DVT prototype or a design verification testing device, meaning it was produced before PVT testing. The engineering stage before mass production with a this was a test before the test. So, um, and then it goes, the article goes on. It says, according to the listing, the phone, according to the listing, whoever listed this, the 321 Daddy, let me look here, 321 Daddy, uh, according to the listing, the phone was previously listed on eBay in 2015, which was a few years ago, when bidding reached 61000 However, the eBay listing was taken down and the device was eventually sold privately for 8000 uh, with uh, knowledge of the prototype phone who was not the seller. This is definitely one of the rarer units, the person told Business Insider. People are, Apple prototypes are of heavy interest to a certain subculture of Apple fans who collect pre-released prototypes and non-public Apple software. Prototype devices like this one were often given or taken by Apple engineers at the end of the project as a souvenir. According to collectors in the community, some of them eventually made their way into the market, which I believe is this one. Uh, typically, Apple doesn't acknowledge the market for these unreleased but obsolete devices unless they are traded on public forums like Craigslist or eBay. Often, uh, Apple often requests that posts like this one are taken down when they are on public websites. Most trades and sales happen on private channels, according to collectors. And then it says goes on and you know check out some of the photos, which is actually really cool. Uh, it's in a sty- you know plastic box with a, a soft styrofoam. You know it fits like snugly in into the uh, the phone. You know it's it's formed for the phone to to like sleep in, like the coffin. And looking at it up close, I mean it has uh, the GSM, has the Wi-Fi symbol, the Bluetooth. Um, you know, the battery life, it has the touch screen, it has all these pictures on there. And I'll put it on Instagram, you guys can see it. Proximity, headphones, you know, serial number, and the serial number has, you know, a box of Cheerios or something. But it's actually really cool. You know, this is really good for someone who's a real big, big Apple fan and wants this for their collection. But, uh, yeah, selling on eBay, Apple uh, prototype iPhone. Um, I'm really curious to see how much it, the the auction ended up as. But uh, at this time, uh, the article the article was released August 29th. So yeah, it's pretty much sold. Uh, I have to look that up. But uh, thirteen thousand at the time, seventy two bids. But uh, yeah, you guys can check it out. I'll put it up on my uh, Instagram. Uh, that's pretty much it for eBay news. Uh, let's go on to weird listing of the week. Now it's time for Weird Listing of the Weekend. Who here are fans of energy drinks? Now, if you're a reseller, you're probably a really big fan of energy drinks, right? Um, I drink energy drinks, but I'm kind of laid off them. And if you heard my my last, not my last podcast, but it was a few podcasts ago where I, you know, I talked about I went to the ER for a kidney stone. Well, you know, I was like downing like Red Bulls like every day. And I uh, pretty much cut that out because um, I don't want any more kidney stones. Anyway, if you're a fan of energy drinks, um, you probably know 
a few years back that uh, they came out with an energy drink called cocaine. Cocaine energy drink. It's uh, discontinued. Um, it was actually banned in the United States. Um, it was a really strong, strong, strong energy drink. Um, when I lived in California, there was a person I worked with before I moved to Las Vegas. She bought a big old box full of cocaine energy drinks. Now, they come in a little can like Red Bull. It's red. And in the side of the can, vertically, it says cocaine energy drink. But they spell it like it's a line of cocaine. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's really unique. It's called cocaine. And it's probably an accurate description of the energy drink of cocaine. Um, it says uh, cocaine energy drink, a discontinued original from 2006. 2006? What, was that long ago? I could have swore it was only a few years ago. It's 12 years ago. 2006 equivalent to three and a half Red Bulls. Now, imagining <laughs> combining three and a half Red Bulls into one can. Um, it's... Uh, the can, of course, I told you the description of the can. It's got cocaine. It has the ingredients. And then and the side of the can has um, what looks like bulls, like the Red Bull. But um, it has, like, the I don't know if you've seen the University of uh, Texas, Texas Longhorns. Well, it looks like it's got a Longhorn bull. And it tells you the energy level of each one by rating of the bulls. This one has three and a half, which indicates three and a half Red Bulls. And this guy has it for auction for $19.95. Buy it now. Uh, no best offer. And uh, it has the barcode. And the seller is uh, R-O-N-M, uh, uh, Rome, 246. And as far as I know, these have been banned in the United States, which means you can't, they, stores can't sell them. Um, you can drink them if you get them available, but I'm not sure if you could still sell them. But this one guy has it up for 19.95 on eBay, and uh, it, uh, the description goes is discontinued years ago. They've reissued it, but not like the original that everyone still seeks. And I did research it a little bit before uh, it was going to be my weird listing of the week, but. You know, Derek reissuing the energy drink, still the same name, but less, not as strong. Um, this one I'm offering has the same effect of drinking three and a half Red Bulls. They'll wake you up, starts at a low, no reserve, 1995, with a 14-day return. I don't know how you return a cocaine uh, energy drink. Buyer pays non-refundable shipping, return shipping, please pay within three days, all the usual stuff, shipping USA only. Um, uh, he has it up for 19.95, but he, he puts it at the bottom. Best of luck on your highest bids. Um, it's a buy it now. Uh, a bin B buy it now. I drank one of these things when they first came out. Now, I don't know if you ever had one before. If you ever tasted it, it tastes disgusting. It is the worst energy drink ever. Um, when you open the can, open and I opened it, and it opened just like a Red Bull, and I took a sip. No, I took, I didn't know what they taste like, so I took a small sip. You ever put one of those 9-volt batteries on the tip of your tongue? 
when you were kids, you know, just the, the sensation of it. You know, you put it, you know, take a 9-volt battery out of, you know, remote control or something and put it on your tongue and it has that, like, weird electrical numbing taste. That's exactly what this drink tastes like. Basically, it tastes like you're drinking battery acid. It is pretty disgusting. I mean, and it, there was other people that I worked with that were downing these things. They were just, like, just gulping them down. I'm like, someone's going to get a heart attack. I didn't even finish drinking it. I took a couple sips and I go, nope, I can't do it. Can't drink it. And the person I bought it off, she bought like four cases of them. And, um, and yeah, those were some of my coworkers. They were just downing them. They were just like, oh, man, this is good. And I'm like, no, you're crazy. How do you think this is good? I mean, your heart's going to explode. But uh, this guy has it up. He's going to sell it. Whoever wants to try it. I'm sure it's not good to drink anymore, but it's a good novelty item. But, uh, yeah, cocaine in a can. Uh, instead of snorting it through your nose, you just drink it. Yep. But uh, yeah, they've been banned in the USA. You can't even you can't even sell these things in stores or anything. So, but it's it's a good novelty, talking piece, whatever. But uh, yeah, it'll be on my Instagram. You'll guys take a look. Um, cocaine in a can, nine volt battery in a can, battery acid in a can. Ugh. Okay, that's it for the uh, weird listing of the week. Uh, I want to thank Robin for being on the show. Uh, you can find her on her Instagram. Go ahead and follow her. Follow her journey. Great interview. Uh, and uh, I'll see you guys uh, next week. Uh, just keep on hustling.